Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Crossing family, it is so good to be with you from wherever you guys are watching from all across this region. I hope you enjoyed our Easter services, no doubt probably one of the most memorable, if not the most memorable Easter weekend in all of our lives. I have no doubt that we will be sharing the stories of Easter gathered around with our close family, looking at a device and longing to be together to celebrate with one another. And I want you to know I am with you and the desire to be back together. It's been a joy trying to pass some of the time by watching all of you participate in the Risen Challenge and to realize how many of you have found not just a relationship with Jesus Christ, but have had the courage and the boldness to share it. As I was watching the countdown video on our Easter weekend, just seeing all of you kind of strung together back to back, I couldn't help but to get a little misty-eyed and realize just how much I miss you. Can't wait till we can at least maybe do an elbow bump. I've got a lot of hugs that are kind of brewing up inside of me and eventually they're gonna have to find their way out. But I am so glad that we still get to stay connected during this season. We've been spending a lot of time on social media and one of my favorite features on social media is memories, where it shows you something that happened a year ago, five years ago, even 10 years ago. Sometimes we have no clue just how meaningful something we do today will mean to us in the future. I feel the exact same way about Wreck the Roof. You know, two years ago this weekend, we started this journey of wrecking our roofs. We challenged ourselves to push our faith and our boldness and our trust in God, and specifically in the area of generosity. And it has been amazing to see what God has done. From starting new campuses to acquiring our camp, where thousands of kids have been able to connect into a more intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to the establishment of a leadership pipeline that has benefited our church and you and our surrounding communities. I can barely list all the different ways. But in the middle of all that, one of our roofs was the roof of mission. It's what we do day after day, week after week, year after year. We didn't set aside our roof of mission during this season. We just did all these other things in addition to our roof of mission. And during this season, I think we can forget what all God has been doing in us, around us, and through us. So I want to take just a moment for you guys to watch this video and see how God has been using you. When we started our Wreck the Roof initiative, we not only trusted God with expansion and leadership initiatives, but with the everyday work and ministry of the crossing. We identified the roof of mission as an area where we believe God wanted us to move forward and impact more people with the good news of the gospel. We believe that the great mission was given to us by Jesus to make disciples of all nations. The word mission to us means reaching lost people and helping them cultivate an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Every week, everything we do at The Crossing is designed to create opportunities 
for all people to begin and strengthen their relationships with Jesus. Each week, an average of 1,300 kids learn Bible stories, memorize scripture, and engage in worship across all of our locations. I'm Dean Buss, this is my wife Whitney Buss. We got three kids, Riley 11, Waylon 8, James is four. We have noticed a, a significant difference in their relationship um, with knowing Jesus and wanting to pursue him more. It's amazing how much they've grown in just two years as far as having him by their side as they work through stuff. The activity I think that they enjoy the most, um, that we have definitely noticed the most, is the worship music. They sing it all day long. They're doing dance moves. I mean, it's just a constant Jesus party up in our house. <laughs> our junior high weekend programming and high school groups, as well as special youth retreats and events are designed to connect teens with God, church, and one another. Uh, my name is Zach Summers. I'm 36 years old and I attend the Keokuk campus. Uh, this will be year three attending the Keokuk campus regularly. I think growing up as a high school student nowadays is really, really hard. Uh, there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things that I don't even understand, even though being in the school every single day and seeing kids, I don't understand all those challenges. But uh, a couple big wins we've had in, in our ministry is individually with, with a few high school students. Um, there's one girl in particular that's a, a basketball manager for me now, and she took off in that role. And, you know, it's it's nothing I did. She just became a stronger woman, and, and she's leading me now. She's telling me what to do when it comes to games, and, and our, our high school group's grown because of her. And, and it was a shy little bashful girl that never did anything uh, before, and, and now she's taking off and doing everything. And just having win stories like that and seeing kids grow and, and become closer to God and having that relationship and just becoming stronger people, it, it's what it's all about. In addition to our weekend ministry programs, we also served over 2,100 families through our six food pantries. We distributed over $55,000 in financial assistance to families in need, and we recycled 284,000 pounds of material through our thrift stores. While we accomplish our mission locally through these weekly programs and events, our mission is lived out globally through our support of nine mission partners. We have partners in the U.S., Love the Lou in St. Louis, and the Well House and Fishers of Men, both in Quincy. Love the Lou volunteers turn vacant lots into gardens, rehab apartments, create businesses, and refinish storefronts. These completed projects are then handed over to the neighbors to build up community. The Well House ministers to women coming out of incarceration and or drug treatment facilities. Fishers of Men provides Christ-centered transitional housing for men dealing with homelessness, imprisonment, or substance abuse. Our international partners include Camp Myanmar, Rafa House, FNC Uganda, Panda Vida, Reach India, and Christian Fellowship North Church in Poland. Over the past two years, we've sent 359 people all across the globe to visit and support our partners in their ministry. Your prayers and generosity are felt not just in our communities, but all around the world. Throughout our Wreck the Roof initiative, we've experienced God's faithfulness as we've seen families and individuals in all of our communities invest in their relationships with Christ. 
It is because of your partnership, your prayer, and your generosity that we can celebrate these changed lives. Thank you for trusting God and going on this Wreck the Roof journey. Even though I'm in it every day, I can forget all of the work that God is doing. And it's because of your partnership in the gospel that so much of this ministry is able to take place. Some of you serve, some of you give, some of you lead, some of you do all of that and more. And I just wanted to personally thank you for going on the journey. I know I'm personally thankful I had the opportunity to go on the journey. And I'm also thankful I got to go on the journey with you. Would you guys take just a moment and pray with me for Wreck the Roof? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every gift that was given. I thank you for every step that was taken. I thank you for every life that was changed. God, I'm asking that you would continue to watch over us as a church as we chart a path forward. God, that generosity wouldn't be something that we just consider seasonally, but God, that it would become a lifestyle for all of us. God, that you would selfishly, we're asking that you would give us the ability to see the impact. God, that you'd give us the ability to trust you in new and more meaningful ways. And God, that because of us, that more people would know you. In your name I pray, amen. Well, I hate to say it, but this is the last week of our sermon series, Jesus Walks. It's been such a good sermon series for me personally. I mean, the first week we, locked, we learned about the Last Supper and Jerry talked about how Jesus knows the future and because he knows the future, he knows my future and he knows your future. Then we went to the Garden of Gethsemane, which means the olive press, and we called it the Garden of Pressure. And there are lessons you learn in the Garden of Pressure. One of them is, is that Jesus walked through the valley alone, so you and I, we don't have to. We also learned that God said no to Jesus so he could say yes to you and to me. Then we went into the trials of Jesus. And the big takeaway that week was not to let your circumstances distract you from your purpose. Don't let your circumstances distract you from your purpose. I know I've been guilty of that. I, I wonder if you've ever been guilty of that. Then we went to the cross. And there Jerry talked about how when Jesus was on the cross, he could see the need of the world. And he also saw the truth of the world and he met it through his sacrifice. And then last week, we were able to celebrate a risen king. We were able to celebrate that Jesus is alive and that if you want Jesus to stay with you, you have to invite him. He's not rude, he's not oppressive. If you wanna be with Jesus, he's ready to stay with you, but you have to invite him and that each and every single one of us, we are a part of a bigger story, an incredible upper story. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything and it can change everything for you. Well, that's where we've been, but as we wrap up, we're gonna talk about the day of Pentecost. This is the birthday of the church. Pentecost means 50. It took place 50 days after Passover or Easter. 
This was a celebration where people would gather from all around in Jerusalem. And it was on this day, something very special happened. It ended up becoming the birthday of the church. It marked a significant transition. Jesus's magnificent redemption is completed, but not the ministry, not the work of proclaiming the gospel. For so much of Jesus's ministry, he had been the one doing the primary preaching and teaching. But now that responsibility is passed on to his followers, onto you and onto me. And like any good birthday, it came with a great gift. If you're watching this right now and you have the natural ability to give good gifts, just type gift giver in the chat or just say, I'm a good gift giver. Every single family, God blesses them with at least one or two people who are naturally gifted at giving good gifts. Here's a little pro tip for all the husbands watching. Vacuums, scales, and gym memberships are not gifts. They are coupons for couch duty. Stay as far away from them as you possibly can. Well, this past week was my son's birthday. And for, uh, it was his seventh birthday. And for years, he's been riding this little Spider-Man bike. I tried to buy him a new one last year. I took him into Walmart, but before we could get to the bikes, he got distracted by a Nerf gun and a Ryan's World helmet. And because he has my DNA, he's grown significantly in the last year. And so when he's riding around the neighborhood, he looks more like he's auditioning for a circus. So I went out to the nice bike shop in town and I bought him a legit bike. It is a beautiful eight speed bright red bike. And as soon as I gave it to him, the joy came over him like you can barely imagine. Tears welled up in my eyes. And the next thing I know, we're spending all of our waking moments riding around the neighborhood. Uh, for those of you who are watching, who are maybe in the bike manufacturing world, uh, I want you to do something about the bike seats because the pounds per square inch when my body is on that little seat have not been conducive to me being a happy person. We've been riding all over the neighborhood. I get done with one bike ride and it's time to go to the next bike ride, but I keep doing it because I love seeing the way he responds to the good gift. And I kept dropping hints about what the present was gonna be. I kept dropping little nuggets because I couldn't hold it in because the gift was so good. Well, Jesus did the exact same thing in his earthly ministry. He kept dropping hints about the gift that he was going to give to his followers. And the gift is the Holy Spirit. This gift is a multifaceted gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving. You see, the Bible teaches that the, that the Holy Spirit convicts us, teaches us, and reminds us. You see, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to grow and learn. He also gives us the power to recognize sin in our lives and the ability to turn from it. The Holy Spirit is a revealer. When you expose your life to the word of God, whether in a sermon or whether when you're reading the Bible or maybe when you're just listening to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is a companion in that endeavor. Have you ever found yourself praying? Have you ever found yourself reading the Bible or listening to a message and all of a sudden you're kind of taken down this path in this journey of self-discovery? That's the Holy Spirit illuminating in your mind areas in your life where you need to grow or that are out of alignment. 
That is the Holy Spirit teaching you the truth of God and charting a path forward for each and every single one of you. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does, which is one of my favorites, is that he reminds us. This might be my favorite part. He reminds us. I wonder if you have the same struggle that I have. I have a condition. I call it spiritual amnesia. I can lose track of who I am and whose I am. Have you ever found yourself in that predicament? It is in those moments that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and he reminds us that we are no longer slaves to sin, but he reminds us that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. He reminds me that he's put a deposit in me, a guarantee of what is to come. I can forget that there is a power at work in me. I can forget that I'm no longer who I used to be, but I have been made new. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come and I can forget that. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside of me and he reminds me who I am and who I belong to. And then, There's this other factor about the Holy Spirit. He brings power. I don't know if you've ever had this deep desire to have a special power, but I sure did. I remember driving on family vacations down to uh, Orlando and being in the car late at night as we were approaching the Atlanta traffic. And for the first time, I remember looking out at the night car, at the cars, and I could see like the lights coming straight into my eyes. And I believed I had this special power. I remember watching Superman and wishing that I had the ability to stop bullets and I was faster than the speed of the speeding sound, speed of sound. I, I wish I could do all kinds of things. I remember wishing I could lift Thor's hammer. I wish that I could get upset and have the rage and strength of Hulk. I wish that I had been bitten like a spider and could have webs come flying out of my wrists. I've always wanted a special power. Maybe you're like me. Here's the crazy thing. What the Holy Spirit gives you and me is better than all of that. In fact, it's more powerful than all of that. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, we hear these words from Jesus. But you will receive power, all of you, at all of, wherever you're joining from, would you just say that word with me? Power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The root word for power here is how we get the word dynamite. It's an explosive, unstoppable power. Many of us have had very little experience with dynamite, but in redneck towns like ours, more than likely you may have had some experience with tannerite. If you don't know what Tannerite is, it's what Joe Exotic kept shooting at when you were watching Tiger King. He, the Holy Spirit has a power and he was sent to us to be our helper as we lived out the Christian life. Because you and I don't have the power to live the Christian life on our own, we are gonna need his help because the Christian life is challenging. It's hard. The things that God calls us to do are impossible in our own strength, but they are possible with the help of the divine helper. I hear people say all the time that they don't feel God. 
that they don't feel his presence, that they don't feel his strength. And the reason for that is simple. You don't need the Holy Spirit to do things in the flesh. You only need the Holy Spirit. You will only experience the Holy Spirit's presence when you are doing things that require his help. You see, you don't need the Holy Spirit to hold a grudge, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit when you wanna forgive. You don't need the Holy Spirit to cheat on your spouse, but you need the Holy Spirit to choose to love selflessly. You don't need the, the Holy Spirit to quit. You need the Holy Spirit for when you choose to endure. You don't need the Holy Spirit when you choose to live in fear, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit when you choose to live by faith. See, when we decide that we are gonna follow after Jesus and we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, we become more powerful than you can imagine, but we will never realize how strong we actually are until someone puts weight on the bar. It's in these moments when your faith and my faith is tested, when life as normal is turned upside down, that we discover just how powerful we are through the strength of the Holy Spirit. I wanna just tell you a couple things that you have the power to do. The first one is this, you have the power to pray heavenly prayers. Look what it says in Romans chapter eight. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I've no doubt there's been times in your life, because I know there's been times in my life when we just don't know what to say. Maybe you have those internal questions where you're going, is an answered prayer for me an unanswered prayer for somebody else? We can find ourselves feeling overwhelmed, discouraged, distraught, and the words that we wanna pray escape us. I'm here to tell you that it is in those excruciating moments that the Holy Spirit comes to pray in the Spirit on our behalf. He intercedes for us. Because of the Holy Spirit, our prayers are lifted and they're made perfect by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and they're presented to God himself and he prays a, powerfully, a powerful heavenly prayer on my behalf and on your behalf. I don't just pray earthly prayers. I don't just pray small prayers. I pray heavenly prayers through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't just pray heavenly prayers. I also have the power of peace. Romans chapter eight says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. It's in the midst of this present crisis that those of us who have the Holy Spirit have the power to live at peace. The Holy Spirit doesn't just keep us at peace between ourselves and God through the finished work of Jesus. It also gives us peace in the middle of the storms. You see, the storms can come, the wind can blow, the rain can hammer the house, the lightning can flash, the thunder can rumble, but our house has a firm, unshakable foundation and I can rest in that peace. My faith won't be moved because I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can calm a storm. He can make the sun shine again. That's who I have direct access to because I'm in connection with him. Nothing that comes at me 
can stand. I have the power of peace and so can you. That is one of the gifts we receive in the Holy Spirit. Not just that, I have power over Satan and so do you. I know that in your mind, sometimes we get confused because we've watched so many movies where it appears like the hero and the villain are almost equally matched. That somehow we got our theology twisted where when we think about Jesus and we think about God and then we think about the war with Satan, that this is a battle of equals. And then at just the very last moment, Jesus made just the right move, got just the slightest of an edge and was able to gain victory and pull a victory from Satan's hands. But hear me, that is horrible theology. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is not a battle of equals. We are talking about God, the creator of the universe. When he cast Satan down, he just cast Satan down. But the power over Satan is not just limited to God, it is given to you and me through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says in 1 John. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the, look at this, the one who is in you is, everybody say this word with me, greater. I know you're sitting at home. I know you're in your PJs. I know you haven't put on your deodorant yet, but listen, I got up early. I'm making today count. I want you to say that word just a little bit louder with me. I want you to say greater, greater than the one who is in the world. Listen to me, Not God doesn't just have power over Satan. You and I have power over Satan, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. He runs from you. He runs from me. Satan can tempt me. He can test me. He can try me. He can attack me, but he can't beat me. He can't defeat me. He can't take me any place that I don't allow him to take me because I have power over Satan because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just that. I have the power to produce fruit. Galatians chapter five says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Every time I read that list, I ache because none of those are in me naturally. I wish that I was a father who embraced all of those characteristics. I wish I was a husband that embraced all of those characteristics. I wish I was the kind of friend that embraced all of those characteristics. I don't produce those naturally. It's not in me. However, the Holy Spirit gives me the power to produce that fruit. He comes in and he makes his residence in my life and he begins to emit that fruit in my life. He gives me the power to live in love instead of hate. He gives me the power to live in joy instead of anger. He gives me the power to live in patience and to wait on God's timing instead of hurry. He gives me the power to choose kindness over cruelty, goodness over wickedness, faithfulness over faithlessness. He gives me the power to be gentle instead of harsh, self-controlled instead of unconstrained. It is because of the Holy Spirit coming into my life that I can produce that fruit and that promise is available for you as well. 
Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes and descends on Peter. It's the first manifestation that happens is the people in the room begin to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and they go out and they preach the very first gospel message. And this is what they say. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. You want to talk about power. The first manifestation of the Holy Spirit on the people of God in this way, and they go out, they preach the first gospel message, and 3,000 people said yes. And this answers for me two important questions. How do I get the Holy Spirit, and who can have it? Well, if you're saying today that you want the Holy Spirit, the answer is the same. You have to repent and be baptized. In order to repent, you first have to believe. You have to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the risen God, or the son of God, and that he is risen and he is alive, and that you're ready to start an intimate, personal relationship with him. You have to believe that what you've been doing is wrong, and you're ready to repent and start living for him. You have to get to the point in your life where you realize that you've sinned and that you keep on sinning, that you've fallen short and that you keep falling short and that there's no way for you to write this on your own that you need him. And so with sorrow, we repent of the way we have been and we turn and start moving in the direction of God. And then we're obedient in the area of baptism. If you wanna know more about baptism, Jerry preached an incredible message called Closed on Sunday. It was the first message of the series and it happened right before we started this Jesus Walk series. And I, I can't stress it enough for you to watch it. But in short, when we get baptized, what we do is, is we model what Jesus did on the cross. Just like Jesus died and was laid in a tomb and three days later was brought back to life. When you and I are baptized, we, are, we die to ourselves and we're placed under the water and then we're brought back into the newness of life that God offers. And when we do that, when we believe, repent, and are baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He stops working on you and he starts working in you. And who can have this Holy Spirit? It's for you and for your children and for your children's children and for all who are far off. It's for you. 
It's for your boss. It's for your coworker. It's for your spouse. It's for your aunt. It's for your uncle. It's for your neighbor. It's for the person who works at the grocery store where you pick up your stuff. It's for the person who works at the gas station where you get your gas. It's for the doctor that treats you. The good news of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is available to anyone and it's available to everyone because the Holy Spirit is still moving, which means that Jesus doesn't just walk, Jesus still walks. Everywhere that Jesus went, people's lives were changed. We call this series Jesus Walks, but I have good news. Jesus is still walking. He walks with you and he walks with me. The Bible tells us that the spirit of God goes with us, that I'm a temple of God. I'm a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just me, it's you too. That everywhere you go, that every step you take, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is still walking. Jesus still has the ability to change people's lives. When you walk into work, Jesus still walks into work because he's walking into work with you. When you come home to your house, to a family that's messed up, to children that won't listen, to a spouse that seems distant, I want you to know that Jesus is still walking because his spirit resides in you. And when you walk into that room, you bring the power of heaven with you. When you show up for work, for a boss that doesn't understand you, for coworkers that don't encourage you, I want you to know you're walking in there as a Holy Spirit inspired person. You walk in there and you bring the power of the Trinity with you. Jesus is still walking. And when Jesus shows up into a place, he can change a space. You want to know what kind of power I'm talking about? Look at what it says in Romans chapter eight. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. What that verse is saying is the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is moving and alive and active and attainable by you and by me that the kind of power we have through the Holy Spirit is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In every opportunity, in every challenge, I need you to know that challenge is outmatched because you have more power than you can possibly imagine. That's the takeaway for today. You have more power than you realize when you are connected to the Holy Spirit. You have it. And as it says in Spider-Man, with much power comes much responsibility. How are you gonna leverage it? How are you gonna use it? What kind of difference are you gonna make with it? The second takeaway for you is the spirit and the gospel are available to all of us, to every single one of us. You might be watching right now and going, it's for somebody else. I'm telling you, it's available for you. And lastly, Jesus is still walking. He's walking with you. What are you gonna do with him? We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.